It's the When Fishing Podcast. Applying techniques. Then I put the sea rigs on the A rig. fresh ideas. They can't all be good ones. Talking stories. <laughs> reports. Out, conservation. You're probably too close. All to make you and I better fishermen. Hey, pals. How's it going? Uh, I got two reports for you, and then we'll get underway. Um, the first one was uh, pretty much right before I released the last podcast. I mentioned it at the end. Have uh, you heard that? And uh, so I got word that uh, the tuna were making a little coastal run, and you only get one of those a year, and it's about this time of year. So, like, I didn't really want to go even fish. I wanted to take, like, a week break. I'd kind of uh, run myself crazy, um, you know, absorbing and um, chasing threshers and not getting anywhere. So I was like, you know what? Fuck fishing. I hate fishing. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna not do fishing for like for a few days and just chill. And then as soon as I think that, then uh, the internet lights up and multiple sources are like, hey, there's uh, there's coastal tuna. They're you know within like five miles, five to fifteen miles. Go get them. It's like, God damn it. You know, you only get one, probably one of these shots. You probably get more than one shot a year, but, uh, you, I've, for the past three years, I believe, maybe more, probably more. I've only been paying attention for three, three years or so. Uh, as long as I've had my boat, um, they, they show up once a year and it's, uh, anywhere between like late June, early July. And then. They cruise through, some people catch them, and then uh, they're gone back to, uh, you know, sort of, I guess they would be the outer ba- banks, generally, like, um, a lateral to or behind Catalina and all that stuff, behind the islands and beyond. And uh, so I went. I went, checked it out. I uh, went down to, uh, further down than I normally go, down to Dana Point. And uh, I, I launched out of there during, like, pelagic season. I did so last year a number of times, but this was only the second time I launched out this year from there. Uh, I did a little deep drop in, in, in the Dana Box Canyon uh, for jack shit back in, like, February or something like that. And uh, uh, so this time I went out of there, uh, followed the chloro break, ran into the, the fish dope said which I don't I don't know if I've ever read words from fish dope but uh somebody copy pasted it for me which was very nice of them and uh, uh it said follow the birds it's a, okay thank you you know the turns are the giveaway as they always are unless they aren't unless they aren't so uh you know I my typical thing is that I want to find uh I want to pick like uh some time around a high tide I want to like I basically want to find the fish before high tide and then uh, it's um, it is just every single time that I have found fish uh, they're on the surface like foaming or breezing it's always within like like an hour or almost right on top of uh, the high tide or peak tide or uh, slack tide or whatever the hell. I know for sure slack, slack tide, but this time it was high tide. Uh, so I had 
it looked kind of eh, for small boating, uh, but then I looked, and for some reason, Dana Point has uh, uh, a number of days where it's actually windier, like at noon or like late morning, than it is in the afternoon. And so uh, it was one of those peculiar days. So I went out for and launched at like noon, and uh, uh, just. Drove out west uh, till the water got clean, and then I started driving uh, northwest, presumably uh, along the uh, uh, some co- the the coastal contour. And then, uh, what do you know? I ran into some turns, and so they were kind of like they were kind of boxing an area, and so I I ran up on them, and then like I wasn't seeing any tuna, but the way that they were acting, they weren't quite, you know, they weren't in full frenzy. They were just like. But they were eyeing stuff for sure. They just kept looking at like, like at spots for like a few minutes at a time, and then they'd uh, fly like a few hundred yards, and they'd like really stare at another spot. And uh, it wasn't like, you know, sometimes they'll do that with like Santa Ana winds, where like you know, there's just like enough white caps or like, um, or like quick gusts of wind that like fuck up the uh, and like ripple the water in a really tight pattern. At, at which point I'll, you'll see, uh, in particular, you'll see like the Guggen birds that don't know how to fish, you know, the, the pelicans and the seagulls, they'll dive on, uh, on like the tight rippling cause they think that it's a uh, bait fish and, uh, they're wasting their, their energy. And, uh, so sometimes I wonder about that when I see birds dive and I don't see like them come up with anything, but I think it was a lot of micro bait that day or on, uh, this weekend. So, uh. I kept following them instead of like doing. I guess I would I would do a high speed high speed troll like right around what they were doing, and then I would like slow troll through. And I didn't have my fish finder, so I'm going by instinct here. And that uh, I have some I don't know. It won't turn on. I tried rewiring my bullshit, and uh, that didn't do jack shit. So I don't know. We'll figure that out. Um. So uh, then I'd slow troll through it. Um. With I don't know what the hell I was doing with the slow troll um, presentation, but uh, yeah. So then they would fade off, and then they, then I'd follow them, or they would disappear. Turns just kind of disappear into thin air. I don't know what it is about them. Um, so then I just drive around looking for more, and then uh, finally, like after like half a dozen of these spots, but they were all in pretty tight quarters within like a couple miles of each other. So that was like I didn't want to leave that area. I just wanted to keep slow trolling and really like being patient with that zone because I've, uh, in, in many of my unsuccessful attempts, you know, I've found birds and then I, but they, they aren't showing me the, like for real fish or, or marks or anything. So I'm like, these, these, this life is full of shit. Let's go somewhere else. And I go somewhere else and there ain't even no life. Then I go back to the other where there was life. And I'm like, well, this is better than nothing, I suppose. And so, uh, yeah, I just I was trying to stay patient with the zone instead of like I was uh really trying not to uh I had I had this uh desire to go south and just leave all that shit and just find something else and uh turns out that a lot of other people went south and didn't see jack shit and so I stayed around here and finally um I see like half a dozen birds working high and low and I'm like okay this looks maybe it doesn't and uh this looks a little bit more promising in the other spot. And why do you know I see like half a dozen um, tunas uh, 
just like not definitely not a full foamer um maybe a little bit of a breezer but they were just it was just a wolf pack like picking on some micro bait and so i see them i kind of troll uh a semicircle around them to see if i like if i can catch them um swimming past my stern and then uh then come back around and they're still uh doing a, a light blitz uh on on this micro bait and i threw uh threw my iron right on top of them and nothing happened one more cast and and then all the birds disappeared and all the, and the fish disappeared and then i uh kept looking and uh yeah that was that was that was right on top of the high tide like it was within five minutes of uh the windy apps forecast shout out and so that uh you know, just backs up my, my theory that, uh, I don't really want to bother looking around for foamers, uh, outside of that little two hour window, like, like hour and a half or two hours before high tide up to maybe like 20, 30 minutes past high tide. So, I mean, I still haven't got one on my own. Uh, so what the fuck do I know? But, um, it's what I've seen. The three times I've pulled up on foamers in my own boat, it's all, all been w- within that that very tight window. And every other time I've tried, it's just been, no matter how good the conditions are, otherwise it is, I'm not finding jack shit. So, uh, yeah, that was just like a quick like three-hour trip on the water. And uh, uh, I don't, uh, the DFW surveyor uh, said that nobody else really saw anything besides me. So, uh, did what I could and, uh, you know, solved half the puzzle. So that's cool. That's fun. Um, now I just kind of don't expect to see any more tuna until like November or something, unless I really, uh, make a, make a moonshot for like the, uh, the slider, the 277 or something around Catalina. Which I don't really have any desire to do with the four horsepower right now. That's like a three plus hour ride. And uh, yeah, so the next report, next little story time. Um, so I gathered, you know, a lot of information in the past couple of weeks in particular. Uh, I've been gathering a lot of information on Threshers for the past like couple of years. But I really found, like, the tidbits that I wanted uh, via Tackle Shop Talk, Buddies, and YouTube. Um, so I put all of it together. Um, that was I really felt like this week I was going to be put over uh, for my luck. And, like, so I had, I had my time. I had my tide. I had my bait. I had my presentation. And in my spot, none of those were questions. All of those I had answers for, very clear answers. So launched at 600, two frozen mackerel in hand, vacuum packed. Hoped it would be enough. Like I'd, I'd, I'd never even gotten bit by a thresher up to this point. So it's like, well, if I even get bit, then that's a success, right? So, uh, uh, so, but I still hope to catch a couple fresh ones on the way out. There'd been a lot of puddling bait lately on the way over there. And, uh, plenty of people saying, yeah, there's mackerel around here. So I see the puddling bait as I'm heading out and, uh, drop my sabiki through them. 
Uh, don't get anything all the way there. But, uh, you know, only takes one. So uh, I set up, I got there, I got to my spot, set up my drift, put the bait about 50 yards behind the boat, and then like two minutes in, uh, clicker rips, clicker rips, just like short, uh, short rips. And uh, it plays with it for like 20 seconds and it drops it. I'm like, wow, okay, that was like, talk about uh, changing luck, you know. Uh, like I've been, I've been just driving and driving and driving and driving, looking around for these things. It's like, no, just go to this spot and, uh, and then pull it up. And, uh, one out of my two baits is, uh, shredded. So I put out the second bait and then five minutes go by and an even harder run on the clicker goes. And I turn around and look and there's like an eight to 10 foot thresher. That's just like ripping making lateral movements, like going back and forth. Um, I engage the reel, and then it's like going back and forth on me, but I'm I'm hooked. Like 30 seconds go by, and then just like hook pops. And I'm like, what the fuck was that? Like, I haven't had a hook pop on me in like years. I'm like, I feel like I'm dialed on that side. And I had a like 60-pound leader, and a hundred fifty pound, or sorry, sixty pound braid, hundred fifty pound leader. I even started just recently doing the uh, the risotto finish on my FG knot, so that it'd be a little bit cleaner. And uh, I bring it up, and uh, my hook is clean, like the clean cut. There's like really mild abrasion up up the hundred fifty pound leader, but there's no like. So I I tied direct to the hook. I didn't crimp. I did a uh, a two turn. SD jam and I would I was I've been kind of wondering if 150 pound liter is too much to tie uh you know just tie an SD jam to like I can physically do it but will it like undo itself I don't know like I left like an inch tag or so um so that it would stay jammed I put you know like 10 pounds of force on the on the on the hook on the when tightening it down and I didn't put ten pounds of force during that thirty seconds in the fight, but it was it was cut clean. So I don't know what the hell happened. But uh so that's infuriating. And then on top of that, both my baits are gone and I'm not sure if I can find bait. So I'm like like livid because I finally like got two bites and it looks like I might as well be in a wide open bite and I'm not prepared. You know, like, how how fucked up is that? I, I think I'm, like, obsessed. Like, what do I know? So I go back to the puddling bait. I go back, like, like a mile. And then I switch out. I, I had a, um, a chrome 4-ounce uh, sinker on the end of my sabiki. So I switch that out for a little quick fish, like a 4-inch quick fish. And I start trolling that. And then I catch a mackerel, like, a few minutes in. So I'm like, okay, thank God. So I uh, spike it, and then I... Uh, spend another five minutes trolling around, see if I can get a second one, because two wasn't good the first time, but I couldn't find anything else, so I'm like, all right, I got one. So I, I turn around, and I go back over, set up, 150 feet behind the boat, nothing's happening for two minutes, nothing is, nothing's happening for five minutes, nothing for ten. Reel it up, check it, nothing, nothing sour has happened. Uh, put it back out, 
maybe five, ten minutes go by and just a whizz, and I'm like, okay, there we go. I'm like, not <laughs> so so casual at this point that like I hear it and I'm like, yep, engage that reel. And I engage it and I'm on. Uh, and like I might have been casual in that first five, ten seconds and the adrenaline kicks in hard. Uh, and we're just real tight. I'm like, this is it. Like, I'm I'm not fucking this one up. And then, uh, uh, and then it starts running at me. Doesn't doesn't do anything uh, on the surface uh, until it runs under the boat and then uh, thrashes on the surface off my stern. And then, uh, uh, and then you know I'm just kind of limp dicking it almost where I'm, uh, you know, it goes. It was it kept going flying under the boat. Um, and, uh, really, really putting a, a hard bend in the 40, 50 pound rod, 40 to 50 pound class rod. So, uh, but I could tell it was getting tired pretty quick. And then after maybe a little more than five minutes, I touched the leader, uh, makes a few more runs. I touched the leader a couple times. Then, uh, finally, um, I, I'm able to grab the leader, pull, pull it up, uh, pull it all the way up to the boat. Gaff it in the mouth. Game over, bro. So uh, I want. I was thinking about releasing the fish um, that I would catch this day, but after the the frustration of the day and kind of thinking about how much I've gone through <laughs> for the past couple of years of uh, uh, honestly kind of overestimating uh, what I got to do for for the threshers. Um, to make it happen, and, uh, so, kept it, uh, cut its gills, started bleeding it out, um, taped out at 48 inches on the fork, and, like, another 49 on the tail, so, um, 97-inch fish, 8, eight foot, so that's pretty sick, and, uh, chonky, and, uh, brought it in, and then started moving, uh, saw another p- couple people, uh, working, working the same zone, uh, flashed him the tail and uh told him where i got it and then started going and my engine stalled and then i started dancing my way back with stopping and install starting installing um so i got i have some engine troubles now uh i got i got back to the dock without having to call towboat but uh uh yeah my original plan was to take it on the land take a picture uh, take a nice portrait of my trophy and then go back out, clean it, uh, you know, put all the meat in my bag and dump the body and be on my merry way. But uh, I was not going to go back out with, with the way that my outboard was working. I was happy just to get back. So then I had to uh, not break down the inflatable boat, just throw it on top of my roof. I threw the 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 fish into the into the hull, and then I just, you know slid the boat with that up up onto the roof of my car with all my might and then got home and then pulled the shark off my roof threw it over my shoulder this thing's like a hundred uh i think a hundred pounds is a safe guess like 100 120 pounds it was uh it was this is a struggle to uh uh i threw it over my shoulder and then went through the my gated courtyard of an apartment complex and it's all lush and green in there and i'm walking there through there with an eight foot shark on my back and then i go up my stairs 
and I drop it on the kitchen table, and I don't have a big enough cutting board for this shit, so I just got going. Thank God my girlfriend wasn't home, because she would have murdered me. And, uh, yeah, there was, it was, if, you know, how much, even after bleeding the, the fish, like, how much blood is there in a 100-pound animal? There's a lot. So, um, I got it all cleaned up. Uh, kitchen is totally fine. I don't smell it anymore, or I don't smell it at all. Uh, did, did a damn good job cleaning it up. Steel wool and bleach, bro. Um, and thank God there's like nine layers of paint on everything. So, uh, so I kind of shredded the paint a little bit, but who's going to know? So, uh, yeah. So now I have like probably enough thresher meat for a year. Um, so I'm happy. But I did realize, like, so I'm I'm satisfied. I'm happy that I got my my thresher finally. But at the same time, it was like, like realizing, I was like trying to play chess this whole time, and then I realized that it was checkers. And so once I realized that it was checkers, <laughs> I was like, like, oh, that's it. That's all I gotta do. Okay, all right. So then I went and did it, and it was like, yeah, yeah, that was really easy. I didn't need to do all that. I didn't need to do what I was doing before. I thought it was like, I really like wanted it to be like an inshore offshore chase where I'd be like chasing bait. And then once I find the bait and the dolphins, I'm going to like, I'm going to find the big game fish and then I'm going to fish around the bait ball until I hook up and then it's going to be mad. And then like, you know, uh, it wasn't like that. It was just like, Oh yeah, just go over here. (laughs) This, this specific like couple acres of water, like, holds them in the summer and um and uh i'll get into the conservation side of it uh in just a in just a minute in the next like sub segment because uh i am a little bit worried about hyping this up too much for for uh how much the fishery itself can sustain any hype so uh yeah so there it is there's my story So I want to go through just a little bit uh, on like uh, conservation, mostly relating to threshers and like just a little bit of general ethics on keeping, uh, keeping what you keep and why and, uh, and how you keep it and stuff like that. So, um... I went into uh, the Thresher thing pretty much with the same idea, the same idea that I've had for the last couple of years for it, where, like, uh, if I catch one, I want to keep one of, like, a certain size where it's, like, it's going to feed me for a good while. Um, and uh, I've, I've heard a couple people say, and I think this is about what I, what I like to or and want to do, is uh just keep one a year of threshers and or makos i suppose um and of course blues gotta love that piss meat bro but uh the the so what i i harvested i i never got a weight on it but it was i'm gonna guess i'll call it 100 pounds and uh what i 
butchered off of it, what I cleaned off of it was a lot. I think I I think that was legitimate. Uh, I'll legitimately have like for me and my lady. That's like that's a year's worth of of thresher meat. Um, so that's like a four foot fork tail at the fork length. So um, I'm happy with that. Like I don't uh, now. I really just I don't want to kill another shark for uh, for another twelve months at least. And uh, we'll see. Maybe I'm maybe I'm fucking sick of thresher meat after a year, and then I don't want to kill another one for the next year. So then it becomes every other year. I don't know. But uh, I know that I don't have that. Uh, like I'll uh, I don't need to be modest or nothing. I don't have that big of a reach here. But at the same time, if I am going to publish things, uh, whether I'm uh, publishing this podcast or I'm publishing reports regarding uh, a story that maybe excites people and inspires people to go out and catch uh, threshers and maybe uh, inspires them to keep the threshers. I just want to point out that, like, um, I personally like the idea. Of, like, the, the California legal limit is two per day with no size limit, which is, like, uh, that's kind of a lot. Like, if you know, if everybody went out and caught two a day, which is hard to do. But uh, I probably could have done it if I stuck around that day. But uh, uh, keeping keeping two per day is quite a, quite a lot of meat. I kind of think that if anything, if they could find, like, I don't know if it would really need to. I mean, maybe they could do like a report card system for stuff like that because I know that there's not. Uh, I j- I've I've been on the. NOAA, the NOAA um, website for the past like five minutes, and uh, just to just to have a relatively accurate opinion here, or like have have the facts in front of me. So uh, NOAA says that the Pacific common thresher shark is not overfished and not subject to overfishing, and uh, uh, there there are different codes for the western pacific and the eastern pacific and uh like on on the western pacific they're limited to 164 vessels that are allowed to fish for uh fish for these and permits and log books are required and so um on the eastern pacific permits are needed for highly migratory species including thresher sharks and fishermen fishermen must maintain log books documenting their catch and uh, you can't be within three miles of the coast where the shark pups reside. And uh, there's a 20% mandatory coverage of uh, at-sea observers on commercial drift gillnet vessels to monitor catch and bycatch and fishing effort. And uh, yeah, so there's all that stuff. And then I've seen elsewhere that uh, some some will report that uh, threshers are subject to overfishing, which I would believe because if if it was that easy to catch them, and I don't know how many there were out there that day, but, like, um, I've heard I've heard of 10 fish-plus days um, in certain areas, certain fisheries, certain, certain conditions. So, you know, I, I wonder if that's just the same fish over and over or what. But uh, that's... My my point is that like don't don't just go out there and kill everything you catch, um, like just be realistic, and like don't 
and don't fish for your neighbors. <laughs> like, like I, I don't, I mean, I guess that's, you know, to each his own, but if you're going to fish for your neighbors, like if you're going to fish to fill your, your friends freezers, um, do that with tuna or something. There's, there's a fuckload of, there's a huge biomass of tuna in Southern California, bluefin tuna. Go, go kill those. If you're going to go kill a bunch of shit, um, just for the sake of killing. But uh, I think the Threshers are really cool, and they taste really good. But, like, you know, keep those. Um, uh, be responsible with that shit. Don't keep two. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> so, um, yeah. Um, that's just that's just my my thing. Like, I, I almost don't. Even though it's like, okay, like, I have a cool story. I caught a big fish, blah, blah, blah. Like, do you want to share that? Don't you want to, uh, that, that I can benefit from that. Like podcasts can get a little bigger from that just because, you know, people, people pay attention with the big fish. They don't pay attention with those goddamn rock fish. I saw the stats. You don't give a shit about, <laughs> about chameleon rock fish, but you do give a shit about threshers. So, um, you know, so just, if you're going to go out and do it, like, go ahead and do it. Like, it's it's fucking cool. Like, they, they jump, they're big fish, they fight hard, they, uh, and, like, they're not that, you know, they, they got little tiny teeth. Uh, you do have to be careful of the tail. Mine seem to be, like, um, tired. Uh, I wasn't worried about the tail by the time I, uh, I got to it. I mean, yeah. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's cool. Go do it. And uh, don't don't kill a bunch of them. That's all I have to say. I hope I laid out some uh, some decent points for you too. Oh yeah, uh, there was also uh, I was just looking at the the West Coast logs or like the database of uh, how much uh, Thresher is like caught and sold, and it's really uh, a pretty negligible amount. At least that's like recorded um, out of out of a bunch of years. I think it said last year there was like a total of how much. To say. In 2021, commercial landings of a thresher shark on the West Coast totaled 73,000 pounds and were valued at more than $57,000. So I don't know about... Um, I'm not super in tune with, with the commercial fishery prices, but 73,000 pounds at $57,000 is like... Isn't thresher sold? Like I, When I do see it sold, I could have swore it was like... 20 bucks a pound at least. Why is it going for like 80 cents a pound right there? I don't know. But, um, yeah, there, uh, at least in, what was that? What was the other database I was looking at? Cause it said that there was like, like a thousand pounds caught and then like nothing recorded for several years. And there's like 9,000 one year. So I'm not, I don't know, but, um, it's really not that much. So I'm not really worried about the commercial landings. Um, I'm only slightly more worried about recreational landings. And uh, yeah, that's it. That's it. Go be responsible. All right. What's the game plan? Well, um, at least in SoCal... Conditions look very nice and consistent all week. Get out there, get fishing. It's uh, water's warm, bass are biting, rockfish are out there. Barracuda are consistent. 
over off of Long Beach, if you want to look into that. Uh, I think the uh, the tuna are out there on the, uh, you know, on the secondary and tertiary banks or whatever the fuck you want to call it, out behind Catalina and all that shit. Uh, the There's a lot of shit. What am I going to do, though? Um, well, if I get my outboard fixed. So uh, my, my my issue with my outboard, I know everybody wants to know this more than the threshers. What's wrong with Jeremy's outboard? Is, uh, uh, like, it died going over, like, 1,000 RPMs. I don't know what that's all about. Email me if you want to, if you, if you, if you're an internet mechanic. Um, I'm, somebody, uh, one or two people told me on the way home that, like, oh, maybe it's a fuel filter. Like, people kind of, uh, I originally thought carburetor because the carburetor's always not doing its job, you know. Um, it's like that's its job description. And uh, so I think, I think I've got some fuel filters lying around somewhere. So I got to go find those because I, I saw it was in my purchase history already when I went to order them. I have three of them lying around somewhere, apparently. So... Uh, apparently if I fix the fuel or if I replace the fuel filter, it might be okay. Um, I might need to clean the carburetor anyways. Um, uh, but yeah, so I won't like, I had to, the last like mile or so, uh, back to the Harbor, I had to run it like 600 RPMs idle. Like it, it didn't let me do anything else. Um, it would intermittently let me get up to like 3000 and then it would die. So, uh, I can't do nothing with that. I could, I guess I could go, um, like I could go fix it. I could attempt to fix it myself and then go fish in the Harbor for like spotties and shit. And then if it's acting okay, then I could go out of the Harbor. I could try that. Um, but, uh, my current idea of what to do is if I do get the outboard fixed, I might go out again for threshers at the beginning of the week. I still like the tides for it. Um, it's, it's another one of those pelagic fish that like the, the peak high tide. Um, so there's a little hint for you. I don't want to tell you too much yet. I kind of want to get out of the season <laughs> before I lay it all out of what I learned. But, uh, yeah, uh, it'll, that shit will come out. Don't worry about it. It's, it's on the internet. If you look around, but, um, yeah, I, I, I built my manifesto and it worked out. So we'll, I kind of want to test that manifesto again and see if uh see if it's as easy as it was that time or if that was just like if i just got really lucky so yeah i'll potentially fish for threshers again but uh i've i've been on a roll the last month with new species with the threshers with the thresher and the um all the rockfish i got then i think there was some other incident of catching new fish oh the the um the flatfish from like a month ago or something so um since i'm on a roll with that now there's a this week is a really good set of tides for like sunrise corbina fishing um i think like tuesday through friday the high the low tide will be like right around uh sunrise uh, a little bit before a little bit after you know know that's how it goes and uh so i i think i want to get out there and do that I still haven't got a Corbina. A little short of 20 years of surf fishing, and I still haven't hooked one. So what the fuck? Maybe I've hooked one. Maybe I lost them. But, um, yeah, I got to go get one of those, and uh, and then I can move to Australia. But, 
Yeah, so that's my ideas. Um, but if you're, and or, I might want to go look for the Barracuda. Um, pulling on some logs, I haven't done that since I was like 15 or something. So that'd be cool to get back into. And uh, I don't really want to keep them. I'll just, uh, I'll, maybe I'll just throw a single hook and, uh, and shake them off at the boat. But that sounds like fun fishing right now. So uh, I'd consider it if my engine gets gets going. But yeah, there's a uh, there's a lot to do. We're uh, you know we're we've entered the start of the peak of the fishing season where we got a lot of shit going on. So you got your barracuda, you got your tees, you got your your tuna. And the yellowfin and the bluefin are still, like, mixed in the uh, medium grade down at the border. So if you want to go down to San Diego on a full day trip, I'm seeing, like, the Grande and, and some other boats are... Uh, uh, it's not wide open fishing, but if you know what you're doing, you, you'll you probably be able to pull one out of the um, out of the pick bites that they're having. You're basically getting, like, one fish a person. So at that rate, that normally means that there's, like a few guys on the boat who know who really know what they're doing, who are putting on like, you know, two or three fish and then like three quarters of the boat gets skunked. So if you know what you're doing, uh, I bet you could do, you could do something with that kind of trip. And if you don't maybe save your money till you're, uh, till it's a little more consistent, but, uh, yeah, a lot going on. So do what you want to do. Be safe. Don't keep two threshers. You know, and uh, have fun out there. Good luck.